Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. What up, bitches? Welcome back to Law of Attraction Changed My Life. I am your host, Francesca Ramber, who today is using a microphone isolation shield. Can you tell the difference in the quality of this podcast? I don't mean the content. I mean, that's always been a little bit shoddy, but like like the actual sound quality? Or have I just wasted $27.99 on Amazon? Let me know. Let me know if this sounds any better than normal. Today, I'm doing something a little bit different. So recently, I don't know if you can tell, but I've been really like researching my episodes to make sure that I deliver all of the stuff that I want to, like all of the facts, all of the figures, all of the techniques. And this week, I'm kind of going back to the way that I used to do it when I had two little screaming newborns and I had very little time or energy. I mean, to be honest, nothing's really changed. Um, And I just used to kind of like freestyle it. And so... I mean, let's see how this fucking goes, shall we? Let's see how it goes. But I went for a walk yesterday. I've had a really tough time recently. Like, I think it's just winter. I've had a couple of nights of no sleep. I've had a couple of nights out over the last few weeks, which, you know, mama don't go out much no more. So like getting drunk and going out all night, like it has a knock-on effect for me for like a good couple of days. And the twins are just, oh my God, my youngest children just don't want to sleep at the moment. They're going through a bit of a leap or a bit of a developmental stage or I don't know what they're fucking going through, but it ain't fun. And I've just been going like through the ringer a little bit. And the other day I just decided to just try and wear them out. And we just walked from my house all the way back to where I used to live, my old house that I moved out of a year ago. And it was about a 20 minute walk. And we walked through the fields, through the mud. I mean, we completely destroyed a pair of Ugg boots, but that's the story for another day. 
I took them to a little park that was opposite my old house. And I thought that I was going to feel really like nostalgic. And, you know, I always think, oh my God, that's the house that like changed everything for me. I had such good fortune in that house. That house represented so much to me. And I looked at it and I was like, that house is shit. Like that looks like such a shitty little house. It looks awful. I mean, part of that is because the new people have put net curtains up at every window. Net curtains, if you will. And they painted my beautiful blush pink door like fucking red. It looks awful. Red brick and a red door. Who do they think they are? It's not a fire station. Anyway, it made me start thinking about how many things I've had in my life or how many stages of my life where things have actually been pretty shitty And yet I, for whatever bizarre reason, have romanticized them to the point where I'm like, yes, I'm fucking living life. I am living the dream. And I thought that that could be quite an interesting thing to talk about in the podcast because I genuinely think that it's that attitude that I've had my whole life that has enabled me to manifest things quite easily and to kind of have a relatively successful journey with the law of attraction. So that little house, for example, was such a huge win to me, despite it being the cheapest house in the village. It literally was the cheapest thing you could buy. For me, I thought I was like, fucking Sir Alan Sugar. I was like, oh my God, I've managed to keep my flat in London and now I'm buying a house in the country, a second home. Who is she? Like, oh my God, she's a single mother. She's an independent woman. Look at her go. And even though I was very aware at the time that it was really shitty and it had like these horrible brown carpets and stuff, I honestly, in that moment, did feel really, really rich. Like I felt like I'd fucking made it. I felt like a property tycoon billionaire. She had more than one mortgage. I was just like, she's living the dream. And I think the realities of that house, I don't know. They didn't really sink into me at the time. It was only when I look back on it yesterday that I was like oh lord that house really was like the shittest house in the village like I totally get it now and I can see a pattern of this over my whole lifetime like my whole lifetime there has been a pattern of me having pretty like average or below average circumstances and me thinking I'm living the fucking dream Now, I think this has all started out because my mum gave me very, very low expectations in life. (laughs) I had very, very low expectations. I was never told, like, you're going to start your own business. You're going to be rich. You're going to be fucking, like, living your best life. Like, I was just always told, like, you've got to get a nine to five. You're going to hate it, but you're going to have to do it. And you're going to have to commute for four hours a day. And guess what? You're going to have to do that until you retire. And I remember going like to my first day, or I think it was my first day or my first week. It was my first week of like my first proper nine to five job in London. And in Essex, if you live in Essex, you'll know this. You get the C to C line from Essex to London and you commute for like four hours a day. It's fucking wild. So many people do it. It's insane. And I remember collapsing in a heap at the end of that week being like, thank fuck that is over. I've got two days where I don't have to like live this hell. And I remember my mum saying to me, 
you've only got another 50 years to go or whatever it was. And I just remember having this feeling of like impending doom or dread for my entire life. Now, I don't know if it's because I started with such low aspirations in life of what I thought my life would be, that everything has essentially been an upgrade ever since. Like everything good that has happened to me afterwards, I've been like, fucking great, wasn't expecting this. And maybe that's the key, you know, as a mother now, I think about how I talk to my own children. And, you know, now we say to our children, you can be anything you want to be, you've got to aim high, you can do whatever you want. And actually, maybe that's not the key. Maybe if we set them up for these, you know, really tall alders when they're young, maybe everything that you need to go through to get there is a disappointment. I don't know. Spoiler alert, this episode does not have any fucking answers. It's just me musing on like, how does it work? Like, how does it fucking work? And I'm sure it's not one size fits all. I'm sure all people's minds, depending on whether you're you know, you've got a growth mindset or a closed mindset, or if you um, have done work on yourself or you haven't, or if you're an introvert or an extrovert, whatever. If you're a fucking Aquarius or if you're a Leo, like it's going to be different. Everyone is going to react to this stuff differently. But just in my experience, I think because I had such low expectations of my life and especially my work in life, that everything honestly felt like a fucking upgrade. So I eventually settled down into a nine to five job that I ended up being at for eight years of my life, eight goddamn years. And I hated every single day, (laughs) but I kind of made the best of it. And I would always have like these little side hustles. So I did feature writing for magazines. I sold true life stories. I was writing a book, got a book published. I then became that publishing house's, um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, PR person and I was a copywriter and I had my own dog store online called poochpooch.com. All of these things I did and they honestly were like very small ventures, right? Like I had this small business where I would buy bikinis and I would sew artificial flowers to them. Like that was one of my businesses. But let me tell you, I thought I was Richard Branson. I thought I was fucking Richard Branson. I thought that I was entrepreneur of the year. I thought that I was gonna go on The Apprentice. Do you know what I mean? Like that is like the vision I had for myself. Despite looking back and thinking, "Mm, these were quite, you know, (laughs) small businesses that were kind of like shoddy around the edges. Like I just fucking believed in myself so hard. And when I quit that job to finally do spray tanning full time, I cannot explain to you the happiness that I felt and the levels of success that I felt doing that. I will never forget taking my boss into one of the meeting rooms and saying, Michael, I'm quitting. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry to see you go. He was not sorry to see me go. Let me tell you now. He was not sorry to see me go, but he feigned, you know, sorriness. And he was like, oh, what are you doing next? Where are you going? And I was like, guess what, bitch? I don't have another job. I ain't going nowhere. I'm starting my own business. I'm doing spray tanning and I am not getting another job ever again. And I just remember people, this is going to sound so weird now because again, it's like, it's not a very big thing. But at the time, I remember people in the office finding out that I didn't have another job. Like I wasn't moving to another office down the street, but I was in fact just quitting work. Like that was amazing. I felt like I'd won the lottery. I felt like I'd absolutely won the life lottery. I have a photo 
that I still keep out now in my office. And it was of a night that my husband and his work team and a couple of my friends and I went out in Shoreditch and it was to celebrate my very last day of work. And I keep that picture out because it just reminds me of the freedom I felt on that night of being like, I can't believe I fucking quit my job. Like I honestly did feel like I'd won the lottery. So I went on and did spray tanning for a couple of years. Oh no, before that I bought a flat. What am I talking about? So before that I had bought a flat in London. And again, I felt like a fucking property tycoon. I'd managed to buy a flat in London at the age of like, what was I, 26 or something? I couldn't fucking believe it. I couldn't fucking believe it. I felt like the richest woman alive. Now, certain people have said to me that I always look at that flat through rose-tinted glasses and I would have to agree. I now go back there on a semi-regular basis and I sometimes feel semi-depressed by it (laughs) because it is on a little bit of, I mean, it's a great location, but it is on a little bit of a grim road and the building is very grim and it's not, It's not the most aspirational. But let me tell you, every goddamn day that I lived there, I genuinely used to wake up. And I'm not saying this for like, oh God, no, I genuinely did. I genuinely, even after living there for like five, six years, I'd wake up every morning and I'd think, I cannot believe I own a part of London. I couldn't believe that. Like I could not believe that. My brain could not fathom it. And I think, again, it's just that gratitude for quite an ordinary, not, it's not, I'm not saying it's ordinary to like be able to buy a flat in London in your 20s, but it is in a way, like it kind of is, like nothing magical really happened to me. My family didn't support me, like they didn't give me money for it. I had a very regular job. I was an office manager earning like 20 grand a year or something. I didn't do anything crazy to get a flat in my 20s in London. Like I just had really low expectations. I remember going to view that flat with my friend Sam who had like a part by part share new build sort of um, apartment like out in Middlesex. And, And I know that a lot of young people tend to go for those sorts of things, you know, like new build, everything kind of looks nice straight away and then I take her to like this 120 year old building and it's like this little flat above a pub where the man has been chain smoking in there for about 35 years non-stop like you wouldn't even want to put your bag down because it was so filthy the bathroom was like 40 years old it was a fucking dive and yet again it was it the low expectations I don't know but I was like this is the most magical place I've ever seen in my life so when I quit that job and I was doing my tanning and stuff. I remember somebody from school saying to me like, what do you, what do you actually do? And I think they thought that like I was a drug dealer or something because I lived in London. I didn't seem to have a job. Like I just was like hanging out with my friends during the day. I'd be going out to clubs like four nights a week. I was just kind of living my goddamn life. And then I was tanning a few people here and there. And it was like, they couldn't believe that you could and my clients, a lot of my clients didn't believe that you could afford to live in London, not working full time. And so I don't know, I don't even really know where this episode is going. And I don't know if any of this is making any sense to you. But if you look back at all of those things that I've just mentioned, you know, having a full time job and doing like a couple of little side hustles on the side, managing to buy like a shitty little 500 square foot apartment of above a pub in like my mid 20s, managing to quit my job and work for myself, um, buying a second home when I was like in the midst of a divorce, 
like looking back, all of these things were very ordinary. These are kind of like ordinary things that happen to people all the time. And yet I think that unwittingly I was romanticizing and maybe I was doing it to protect myself. I don't really know. I was romanticizing each little era of my life and making it seem absolutely incredible. And it wasn't a conscious decision. It was genuinely like if you'd asked me, like, look back on your life, what happened here, what happened there? I was like, oh my God, this was fucking amazing. Like I was living the dream. And I think even when there was a small period of time when I moved back to London after I got divorced and I had to buy a home uh, where I wanted my daughter to go to school within, I think it was just over 12 months. That was the time I had been given to get together a deposit and get my shit together and find a house and get a mortgage and make it happen. And it was one of the most stressful times of my life. It was so, so stressful. Um, I Airbnb'd my flat every other weekend so that I would have all of my expenses paid for, like that covered all of my living expenses. And then on the days when my daughter was with her dad, I just used to do lashes and tans from like, I'm not even kidding, six in the morning till sometimes 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And I know that I've admitted this once on my uh, on my book club, but I'm not sure if I have here. But I even sometimes when I was really, really desperate, I would sleep at the salon because I would think, well, do you know what? If I'm finishing work at midnight and I'm my, new, my next client is at 6am, I can just fucking lay down on this lash bed and sleep. And it meant that I got another night Airbnb um, in my flat. Now that sounds like quite extreme measures to go to, right? Like you hear of a single mum, like working 15, 16 hour days and then sleeping at her workplace just to try and make a little bit of extra money. And yet at that time, I never felt like I was in the struggle. I never felt like I was in that struggle at all. Like, yes, it was stressful and stuff, but I still feel like it was such a valuable stepping stone in my life story. And again, it was like kind of that romanticizing it, like this little stage of my life is just a step in my journey. And I'll look back on it fondly and I'll look back at it and think, God, I can't believe I did that. And I'll look back at it and it will feel so different to what my life will be in the future. So basically, I don't really know what the point of this um, episode is or what the story the lesson is here. But I guess it is that no matter what you're going through, or no matter what your circumstances are right now, whether it's like a slightly boring job you're in that doesn't pay very much, or maybe you're not living where you want to live, maybe you're still living with roommates, or maybe you're still living at home and you can't afford to move out. But whatever stage of life you're in, you can romanticize it as a step on your journey. And you can also, in the moment, really genuinely feel like this is amazing. And that is the point of romanticizing your life. If you listened to last week's episode, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you didn't listen, how dare you? Go back and listen right now. It's going to change your goddamn life. I think romanticizing every stage of your life helps you get through it and genuinely feel like you're living your best life. Feel like you're living a you know, a great life, you're having a great time and you're doing what you need to do. So <laughs> I hope this has been useful to you. I hope that this has given you some kind of value. I don't know if it will. I don't even know if I'm going to release this episode. I'm not too sure. Um, but it just felt like something that occurred to me as I went back to that house 
and I saw how shitty in reality it was and how great at the time I thought it was. You know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, whether that is where you live or your job or your circumstances, whatever it might be, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and we can transform uh, people, situations, workplaces, houses, wherever we are in our lives, we can transform them through our mindset. And I think that that's definitely got me through some uh, tricky times in my life. So I hope you found this useful. Um, if you have any thoughts on this at all, <laughs> I'm getting anxious now. If you've got any thoughts on this at all, please do let me know. You can find me on Instagram at Law of Attraction Changed My Life or at Francesca Amber. And let me know if this made any sense to you whatsoever, if this resonated at all. Just make me feel better that I'm not talking utter shite. Exciting news, if you have signed up to my New Year's goal setting party on the 30th of December, I now have an accompanying workbook. So you can purchase this on Amazon. I'll leave the link down below. And I'm very excited about having, it's quite thin. It's not some massive thing you've got to fill in with like how many fucking glasses of water you've drunk every day. No, thank you, sir. It's just a very concise effective way of putting all of your goals, plans, strategies, dreams, everything for the year and your reflections on the year just gone into one little booklet that you can just keep on your shelf and see yourself adding to it every single year. And it will be like a little story of your journey, a little story of your life and your manifestations. So if you want to purchase that workbook ahead of the New Year's goal setting party, so you can start to prepare some of your goals and your plans and things you want to do in 2024, like I said, I'll leave the link down below. And if you haven't purchased your ticket yet for the New Year's goal setting party, what are you doing with your life? Come and join me. It's at 8pm on on the 30th of December and my glamorous assistant Jay assures me that we have got some well in his words he said we're stepping our pussy up this year which I think in the youth terms means we're getting better so there's going to be like people added in live like they can ask questions live you'll be able to see them I, I don't really know look I'm not going to speculate what it is because I actually don't really know but I know that he's really working hard to make this the most incredible experience for us all so come and join me I'll leave the link down below or you can find everything at francescaamber.com right thanks for listening bitches I will see you next week the law of attractions changed my life it's going to change yours too bye 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.